at SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. Without any much uh, further ado, it's about 11 minutes uh, to 3 p.m. And uh, between 3 and 6, uh, Sir Ernest Pillay uh, takes us through the home run and uh, leading to um, the market update uh, with Nombomelelo Siziba and uh, then spot on by Tabiso Musia. And right now, let's have a conversation as we pay tribute and connect to the contribution of uh, Mum Helen Joseph to the struggle uh, liberation in South Africa. And this is what we call Umkhabulo history lessons, um, getting to know ourselves better as South Africans. Did you know that uh, Helen Suzman, I mean Helen Joseph, um, her other name was Usismei, <laughs> and this is why we get to know, uh, I mean, there are so many Sismays that uh, we know of. She was born um, in Essex in the United Kingdom and joining us uh, right now to just connect to this very important uh, part of our history is uh, Julie Wells, who's head of Iskumbozo Applied History Unit. Uh, good afternoon, P- Professor, and uh, welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon and greetings to your listeners. Thank you so much uh, for affording us this opportunity uh, to speak about a person that you personally had uh, an, an encounter with. And, uh, and, and you know, when we talk about Mkhabulo, that's where you draw strength and wisdom from. And you've had a personal interaction in doing this. That's very true. Now, let's talk about, I mean, the early days of, of, of Helen, the then Hel- Helen Fennell. Right. Um, I didn't know her in her early days. We only met uh, in the middle of the 1970s. But she uh, always presented herself as somebody who had a very, very typical middle-class English upbringing, Mm -hmm. good private school education, and a chance to travel. And I guess I'm asking that question because it then becomes interesting on her choice of career further um, in, in, in the years of her life and that she was comfortable, born in privilege, but still, um, you know, acknowledged that uh, people's rights needed to, uh, to be respected. Indeed, I think that's probably what's most special about her is the way she understood her privilege mm-hmm. in relationship to people who had far less was a really important quality for her. Talking about uh, qualities, let's talk about, I mean, her leadership um, characteristics uh, that we draw strength from and and, uh, connecting them to uh, the march in 1956. What first comes to mind is she apparently had incredible organizational skills. Mm. And I think this is the kind of thing that she understood was probably byproduct of the kind of education she had, but she was always more than generous and willing to make those school skills be in the service of the wider struggle in the community. So she actually served as the secretary of the Federation of South African Women. She was the person who kept all the records, all the documents, did all the correspondence, made sure that everything happened. And so she was at all of the planning meetings, but then she went home and was the implementer. And and uh, at some point, um, she was, uh, for lack of a better expression, I'll say punished uh, for the association with uh, the African National Congress. Uh, tell us more about that. Well, she she really, um, first of all, she, she developed uh, almost, I would say, ferocious defense of women and women's issues and women's mm. rights and felt that that really had to be brought into the work of the liberation struggle. And so she really was 
one of the founders and inspirers of the of the Federation of South African Women. But she also was very, very clear that the women's structure was completely uh, hand-in-hand a part of, of the bigger ANC. And so she participated in all sorts of ANC activities while it was unbanned. And, uh, of course, as, as you or your listeners might know, uh, was a part of the, the treason trial in 1966, mm. along with so many other uh, political leaders at that time. Uh, and then went almost straight from there into banning orders for most of the rest of her life. And uh, I mean, I'm looking at the many organizations that uh, she served. You mentioned uh, some of them and also the Government Workers Union. Mm -hmm. She was more about uh, human rights uh, from the onset. Yes, I take it, and she she has often described it herself, that was her training ground. Mm. She, uh, from her very middle-middle English background, which did include a few years of teaching in India, and then she came to, to South Africa, but she herself said one of the things that really liberated her as a woman was her chance to serve in the Women's Auxiliary Air Force during the Second World War. Mm. Now, that may sound like a faraway, remote thing, but in those days, women weren't expected to do anything outside of the homes. And so to be part of the military activity of the war and being yeah, going to work, really serving in offices and, and being sent to different parts of the world as well was something that helped her break out. Then, when she got to South Africa and, and found her own seat, her work with the Garment Workers Union had that that almost in those days magical effect of introducing her to the living conditions of working people and she might have been working there as a, as a social worker but uh she had to face the day-to-day realities i think that just that that shaped her that made her the person she became you mentioned earlier on um, about uh, being amongst the uh, treason trialists. Um, she formed a very special uh, connection and, and working relation with uh, the then president, Nelson Mandela, um, who, I mean, even went as far as just helping his children uh, when she was incarcerated. Uh, you know, definitely, she maintained a very, very close relationship to the whole Mandela family. Mm. Uh, in fact, I, I met Zinzi Mandela. I was, stayed at her house while she was finishing her matric year. Um, it was just a good place to go to have some peace and quiet and study yeah. carefully. Uh, but she also always stayed in very close touch with Winnie Mandela wherever she was sent um, during, during those very, very difficult years. So it wasn't it wasn't just a relationship with one person, but it was a, a close and very supportive relationship to the whole family. I, what was also touchy for me um, is her surviving several assassination attempts in her life. It, it, it was uh, quite something, and again, I think one of the important things about her, especially. As a, as, a, as a white activist in the struggle, was that she always had the option to go back to England. Mm. But she made a decision that said, if I've made a commitment, I'm committed through thick and thin. And she was very determined. She wasn't going to stand by any privilege as far as she could help it. 
So to, to even go to that extent of being arrested, put on trial for treason, experiencing house arrest, banning orders, and assassination attempts, it just shows you how... how thoroughly committed she was. I mean, if if um, if, if the banishment um, being lifted when she was 80 and, and only lived five years post the banishment mm-hmm. is not uh, commitment enough, I don't know what then is. Yes, and as I said, to bear in mind that she probably at any time could have said, let me go back to England. That's it. But she didn't. And did she communicate um, to her family that she would like to be buried at Avalon Cemetery in Soweto? Because it almost feels to me like she said, place me where my people are. Yeah. No, it would be entirely consistent with her. She was actually an extremely efficient administrator. She thought of all the little details, Mm. so I suspect she probably did. Wow. And, you know, in, in living her legacy, uh, what are some of the um, things that we should do as, as generations, um, you know, walking in her giant shoulders? I think the first thing she taught us was the meaning of very deep and dedicated service. That she could have called in lots of other favors and ways of, of organizing her life to make it far more comfortable than it was. Mm. Uh, but she chose rather to be of service, and I know she felt very strongly that the reward of being accepted as a human being and getting active in people's lives like the Mandela's uh, was very, very important to her, more than material kinds of things. So I think that would be the, the first point. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Professor. We certainly are better connected uh, with uh, getting to know Mama Helen better. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, that's uh, uh, Professor Julie Wells, who is uh, head of Iskumbuzo Applied History Unit and uh, connecting with us uh, to just uh, help us celebrate uh, Mama Helen Joseph. And uh, just uh, to quote as we conclude this conversation, a phrase taken from the Freedom Charter aptly describing uh, Mama Helen's lifelong dedication to the struggle. Uh, open quote, these freedoms we will fight for side by side throughout our lives until we have won our liberty, close quote. That's where we end our conversation today. Thank you so much um, uh, to all of you for joining us as we continue to lead the conversations.